Welcome to The Calling Vision. This is a podcast where we explore and honor the idea that your vision has selected and is inviting you to bring it into form. When you choose to align and partner with that vision, you can change the world. This is B.B. Harding, your host, and today my guest is Beth Scanzani. So I've known Beth for several years, and I've known her through my affiliation with the True Purpose Institute and their True Purpose Network. In my early days, so we're talking probably more than a decade ago by now, it seemed that Beth was frequently referred to as the person to go to to work with your dreams. Uh, Now, she had other skills and talents, but that seemed to be the reputation that she had. So over the years, Beth has um, become an even more valued member of the faculty for TPI. And I recently completed a Parsons Self advanced course with her, where she was one of the two facilitators. She's a lifelong suit and a curious soul. I love that when you put that in your bio. Who synthesizes an alchemical blend of psychological, scientific, and spiritual perspectives. She has attained numerous coaching certifications, including True Purpose Coach, Belief Closet Practitioner, IPEC Empowerment Coach, Dream Coach. In addition, she's an experienced facilitator and teacher of voice dialogue and a graduate of the Auto Transformation Coaching Progress, among many others. And trust me, this is only the tip of the iceberg for all the many, many accreditations that Beth has. He's also developed and co-taught many courses for the True Purpose Institute, the Shift Network, and others. Among them, the Voice Dialogue Mastery and our Harmony Practitioner Training, Evolving Beyond Your Wounds, and the Shadow Quest. I picked those out of all of the many that you've got because they were some of my favorites. She's a trusted guide for evolving souls who feel an unshakable calling to wholly offer their essential gifts in service to making a meaningful difference in the world that we all share. She's an evolutionary um, teacher and coach, and she helps people across. This is one of the things I found interesting. There's full palette of colors, textures, sounds, and sensation. Oh, boy, does that really pitch. So they can reclaim their inner wisdom and higher guidance and activate the unique potential of their true nature and life purpose. One of the strong points for Beth's style, in my humble opinion, is the fact that she embodies what she holds as true. He holds a space of exploration where one can learn to be accepting and compassionate of their various parts and recognize that they have served valuable role in their life. I want to be clear that what I would refer to as her gentle demeanor is not the same thing as she's a soft touch because she can certainly kick ass when it's needed. <laughs> and on that note, welcome, Beth. <laughs> Thank you, Phoebe. <laughs> I, I I love that. I, I I love that you recognize those parts of me. And I also love that um, we're doing this together because not only have we known each other for a long time, but I've actually gotten a chance to physically hug you and you're a great hugger. Ah, thank you. <laughs> and you are too. Thank you. I love that. Yes. I think I'm, in fact, I'm feeling hug deprived. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I thought that we would start our conversation with today was talking about the true purpose work, Um, you know, because it's something that has informed both your life and my life. And so we share that in common. Um, And so, you know, some of the things um, is that, you know, the premise is is that um, your vision is calling out to you. 
and it wants you to bring it into form. So it's selected you. And I thought we would start the discussion because the true purpose work is to me very well centered around that, where your vision or your your purpose is calling you and bringing you know wanting you to bring it into form. For those of you that don't know, the work for the True Purpose Institute revolves around Tim Kelly and his book, True Purpose, 12 Strategies for Discovering the Difference You Are Meant to Make. And it's my understanding that Audrey is busy at work sitting that book. Mm. So in supporting um, the people and finding their differences that they are meant to make, one of the things that happens in the True Purpose process is we break a person's person uh, purpose down into four categories. So the first one is your essence or what you be. And the second one is it used to be called your blessing, but it looks mm -hmm. like it's now being involved in the transformational impact. This is the what you do. And then your mission, which is the overarching reason for your lifetime or lifetimes, since we definitely put it out there that can take one or more lifetimes to get there. And then your message is what message or wisdom you have to share with the world. Yeah. And one of the things that I found is that when a person really dives into these statements, that there's a lot more depth than what we're used to. So I thought I'd put you on the spot and ask you if you'd be willing to share your purpose statements. Yeah. So um, can I call a friend? <laughs> No. Lifeline? What's that? I said, lifeline. Yeah, my friend. Yes. So um, th there are four aspects to purpose, as Bibi was saying. And um, the, the first aspect is what we call essence. And essence is that, that energy that you carry with you all the time. Right? So when Bibi shows up in a room... There are certain qualities that show up with her. When Beth shows up in a room, there are certain qualities that show up with me. And um, so my my essence, my the essence that I got in the very beginning was very simple. It was, I am the light and love of grace. I'm the love and light of grace. It was simple, except that I didn't even know what grace was at that time. So that's a whole different story. But my essence, when I first got it, was I am the light and love of grace. And I'm going to use that one for now. Uh, my blessing, blessing is something, the next part, and that's something that it's a process that you do over and over and over again. It has a beginning. It has an end. It's a process. So it creates a transformation. It has steps. What's the first thing I do? What's the second thing I do? And what's the impact of that? And what's the third thing I do? And what is the transformation that a person um, creates as they go through the process? So my blessing, and these statements, the way they're received in the true purpose process, don't tend to be on people's business cards, right? Because they're actually, we actually involve what we call a trusted source of guidance, along with what you might call your ego or your mind, Right. Um, so the the purpose statements themselves carry a resonance that is indicative of something that comes from a higher level. But in that way, it really resonates for the person who receives it. Right? And mine is I help lost children find their way home. 
I help lost children find their way home. And when I say that, I really know what that means. And if Mm -hmm. I say that to someone who is in my, call it a divine audience, who really wants and needs that transformation, they know what I mean. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mission, and, and these things can change over time. That's why I'm sort of saying what in the beginning and then something that might have transformed. My mission in the very beginning was I awaken humanity one dream at a time. You know, as BB was saying, I, I, I started out doing a lot of dream work. That was what I fell into, um, dream work. And uh, my mission has transformed. And the current mission is um, to prepare a welcoming and gracious space for all of God's children to come home and to know they are wholly loved. And it's about homecoming, as is my blessing. Very much about homecoming. And then the fourth aspect is a message. In the beginning, the message I got was, all in well, all is well, yes, even when it doesn't feel that way. It's all is well, yes, even when it doesn't feel that way. And the message over time has expanded and includes... It's time to come home. The child within you remembers the way. Delight the child with stories that unleash their remembering and activate their longing. Envelop the child with a blanket of nurturing, love, and protection, and trust that they'll guide you on your journey. There's no place like home. I have to say that you know, when I listen to you share your statements, there's a, a warmth that you know spreads all over my body, and you know, um, you know, there's a certain level of resonance, you know, with part of your statements. So one of the things that I've noticed about your statements is there's reference to children. I'm very curious about how. That came to be. Hmm. Well, when I received the statements, I don't know that I could even tell you about that. I trusted that my trusted source was giving me information that I would live into, that I would learn more about, that I would discover more about as I allowed myself to follow that resonance. And yeah, go ahead. No, it looks go like, ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. So what I've come to understand about it, <clears throat> when I got my blessing, there was, we, we have steps, as I said, there are steps in the process. And, um, and we also have an after state and a beginning state. Right. And right. In the after state, there were images about a a child dancing. It was probably me dancing when I was two or three years old, you know, and this child dancing around the living room as if she was the center of the universe, right? As if she was loved by everyone. 
because in that state, she didn't know any different. She was just enjoying the dance and enjoying the colors and enjoying being her and her curly blonde hair and people clapping or laughing with her or whatever it was in that state, right? That was the image of a child who remembers the essence of her being. And as we, as the years go by and we learn to navigate life and the challenges of life, you know, we let go of certain memories and we let go of certain parts of ourselves and we hide them under the table or hope the dog will grab them up (laughs) (laughs) and, and, um, but that child remembers. So at some point, the essence of a child remembers, and that's what that's about help. And so children get lost because they, they aren't allowed to dance anymore, or they aren't allowed to, you know, to express themselves anymore or to differ in their opinion from someone else or whatever it is in their family, in their environment that they must do and cannot do shapes a personality, you know, as they become adults, but we lose some things in the process. So this is, this is how we lot, we lose that child who remembers and my work is about helping people to remember who they are, you know, in their essence, all of who they are and, um, and love and enjoy the expression of themselves. That was one of the things that I liked about your statements was the, the part about coming home so that they knew that they were wholly loved. Mm. You know, that is, to me, that's such a powerful statement. I know for myself that, you know, I certainly have not felt wholly loved all my life. Right. And and it's like, um, I certainly can see the value of working with people to to revisit their childhood and possibly even rewrite the narrative so that they bring out more of the essence of the child mm-hmm. and bring it you know forward into their life today. Um, I don't know if you see it the same way or not. Yeah. I feel like feeling holy love is, is an inside job. Yes, agreed. And um, no matter what has happened, you know, we, most of us, I don't know about all of us, you know, most of us, I think, have the potential to shift our perspectives, to shift our beliefs, to shift our stories to come to know other parts of ourselves that we never knew. And in the True Purpose Institute, one of the foundational um, tenets is all parts serve, that Mm -hmm. nothing is wasted, you know, that no part is bad. They all have a purpose, you know, even if they've misbehaved or they're not functioning the way we would like them to, you know, at this point in our lives, they're trying to do a certain quote unquote job for us. They're trying to perform a certain function for us to help us navigate life successfully in whatever way that has been defined. Uh, and so when you get to that point where you, if you can believe, if you can hold that all parts serve, right, then I can feel wholly loved and I can love all mm-hmm. my parts, right? Mm-hmm. And from that, so it's really from that place um, it doesn't change what happened. It changes the way we feel about and the meaning we make about what happened and who we are. Yeah. 
that's one of the things that Beth and being around you and, and in some of the courses that you've taught is I love how you totally embody that statement. It's not just lip service, but you're constantly reminding um, me and everybody else uh, that, you know, hey, all parts serve, all parts serve. And to be looking for, you know, how is it that they've served you? Mm -hmm. You know, and the first and foremost is they're here to make sure that I survive, among other things, and mm -hmm. that I that I do what, in its opinion, I need to do in order to take care of myself. And the fact that you keep letting people know all parts serve as opposed to, you know, bad part. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bad part. You can't have that part. Right. And that's, and that's a belief system and that's a paradigm and not everybody will share that. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's my belief system. That's the paradigm that, that I live in when it comes to parts and parts of me and who people are, who humans are. Um, you know, I mean, I, I remember at one point I, I was really enjoying, um, Sufi psychology and, um, and they have the 99 qualities of the divine. Right. Which is basically like all the things that people are. Mm. Right. So that we, you know, and, and I was reading something just the other day about. Um, uh, something, something shattering, you know, that something shattered and human humanity's job is to go about finding all the pieces and bringing them back together to, you know, yeah. to make it whole again. Um, almost a little bit like the Big Bang theory, but um, but I think it was um, it was actually a, a Hebrew theory, a Jewish theory, and um, yeah. So all parts serve, and I think what through the exploration of the identity that people have and the things that they've lost in the process of creating an identity, you know, we, we taught the Shadow Quest course, right? And and it turns out there's a real cost of not having access to both sides of equality. Everything has its light and its dark. Everything has its opposites. Nature seeks equilibrium. And, and when you over-identify with one side and disown another, right, you don't have access to that anymore. So if somebody else shows up and they have that quality, it'll probably trigger you. You won't like them. You won't want them near you because you can't own that in yourself right? So you don't like it in somebody else. Or you go gaga about anybody that has it and you just like over like them because they have something that you need, right? Yeah. And want, right? Need and want and can't seem to get there, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a cost and and um, and exploring the thing, the parts that we've given up is, is, a, is a whole wonderful study in and of itself to help people come to the place where they actually recognize the value of all parts. Right. I'm taking that statement in and going, there's been, I know for me, it's like going, when I got to the point where I could just say, that's a, with me. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, well, that's who I am. Right. Take it or, take it or leave it. And right. that kind of thing. And I've seen that attitude in a lot of people. Well, it's just who I am. Take it or leave it kind of thing. And, you know, I'd have to say that, you know, I've come to smile at that going, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's your belief in the moment. And don't be surprised if someday it changes for you. Yeah. And it really helps people sometimes to, to know that that's just, that's one part of them, but they have other parts that have different perspectives. Right. You know, right, right, right. Right. You know, there may be one part who feels 
guilty or ashamed or not enough or whatever it is. And that's really difficult. And that is, that is the feeling of one part or a part or parts, but there's also a part on the other side that you don't know yet that thinks you're just awesome stuff, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right. And I would say that most people in my experience anyway, has been that people don't hear the part about, Oh, you're really totally awesome. Yeah. That part seems to get muted quite a bit. Yeah. 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 So when you started getting your true purpose statements and everything, did all your parts rally to the cars or did you have some of them not not likely? Um, you know, do you what what was your reaction to your statements? Well, I have to say my reaction to the whole process when I first started doing it, because I came out of corporate. I was I was uh a chief HR officer, right? And um, I, I I didn't have anything to do with this woo woo stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and mm-hmm. one of the one of the processes of of connecting to uh, trusted guidance that we used in the true purpose process was what they call active imagination, which is you're actually like you would you know um, if you were ha- writing a conversation in a play, you know I go Beth, you know trusted source, you know like what is my essence, right? And I write down whatever comes, and then I can ask questions about it, and and so on and so forth. Um, even doing that spooked me. Like what is this automatic handwriting? What am I connecting? <laughs> <laughs> right. So there is actually a whole process of resistance that I went through to finding my purpose, um, which was a great process and as a part of the true purpose um, process, too, because people do resist discovering their purpose, among other things. Tim Kelly used to say, if everybody knew their purpose, we'd all be running around doing it. Is that what you see out there? Right. No. <laughs> right. There must be a reason. Right. It's almost like our most precious gifts are so precious that we don't want, we don't want to go there. We don't want to have somebody not like it or not like us or get in trouble for it or get it wrong. You know, there are lots of things that our parts worry about. And complications. Complications. And so the true purpose process has has wonderful ways of helping people set things up. They call it getting permission, set things up so that they get permission to go and do these processes. So in the beginning, I kind of freaked out. <clears throat> Later on, getting more information and, and getting permission, this is I'll, this is just so stunning to me. So my blessing, helping lost children find their way home, right? I did not know when I received that, that Beth means home in Hebrew, oh. right? A home is, it, it's, it's a, it's a soft definition, but it basically means home, right? Wow. I did not know that. I did not know that grace, the light and love of grace, that my middle name, Anne means grace. Now I did not know these things. I got these things by connecting with my trusted source. I later connected evidence to the point where not only did I feel it, but it was like, wow, okay, I get it. (laughs) Right. Um, I get it. And so people often find out 
in the beginning, not sure, you know, feels resonant, but then as they live into it, they get validating evidence. They get, you know, synchronicity, right? They get people showing up. They get ahas that really help them to fully um, own and believe that this is their path, right? Until maybe it's done and there's another one. Um, but I, I, once I really got that lock, that lock in, that kachunk, it's just me. It's who I yeah. am. It's those are my people. The, the people who really want and need that, they're my people, and um, and I'm their person. Well, walk them Yeah, you've answered some of the other thought questions that I had. You know about um, what's the work that you're doing now. You you started to lean into that a little bit. So when you find people who come to you, what's the primary thing that they're looking for? So um, <clears throat> so it's interesting. I actually get most of my clients through referrals or or because I'm a teacher. Right. Right. So um, people who come to me generally know what I do. And um, and and that's really to help them know, love, and express themselves, I would say, to feel comfortable knowing, loving, and expressing themselves in the world, you know, to feel at home, um, to feel, uh, to not feel so rattled or trigger, triggered being themselves in the world, to have more calm and joy as they move through relationships, through their work, through their life, you know, through what's going on in the world. Um, you know, you say I have um, sort of a, I don't know, a calm or a peace. It has very much, I mean, I'm sure it has to do with my essence and who I am, but it also has to do with all the work I've done. Yes. Right. So working with parts, right. working with voice dialogue, um, dream work is a way to, to, to get to know yourself. Right. Um, and, um, and having a trusted source and having trust. Right. And the trust, of course. Yeah. And in general. Yeah. All trust is self is one of the big things I've had to learn. Yeah. Yeah. That allows the trust in other things and other people. Yeah. So yeah. I do a lot of work with people on parts and, and voice dialogue I love in particular. It's a process where I facilitate opposite parts um, mm -hmm. with people so that um, let's, let's just say that um I am over-identified with being responsible, right? And, you know, in life, I'm I'm running into all these people who are irresponsible. And it's just like, you know, my partner's irresponsible. My kids are irresponsible. My neighbors are irresponsible. The government is irresponsible, right? And I'm getting so triggered and I'm miserable, right? Um, then if that were my client, right, I would help them connect with that part to get to know that part better, more about its purpose and how it feels and what it wants for them, right? What it worries about for them, right? And I would also help them connect to an opposite part, maybe a part that's really carefree, doesn't really care about responsibility, right? And knows how to let that go when it's appropriate. And so now once we've finished this, this session, they have more access to both. They can have a little more choice when they're getting triggered by this responsibility of things. Like, well, you know what? 
maybe I could lighten up a bit, a little bit in this moment and bring out this other part. <clears throat> that would be more purposeful. And they get, they get the more parts you get to know and have some space in between and have more access to the calmer you could be because you have choice and you have I mean, more things to try. Definitely. I know like, you know, for myself, when I get really, really triggered, but some of the process for me is I've started asking the question about what is it within me that's, yeah. you know, reflecting that. And yeah. um, that certainly has proven to be enlightening among other words. But the other thing that I notice about doing that is that when I become aware of that part and start to nurture that part, suddenly the triggers aren't there. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you just go, they're doing that thing. And I used to get really- There you, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, bravo, go for it, kid. You know, have, yeah. a, have a good time as opposed to me going, you know, I want to correct it. I want to stop it. I want to, you know, make them see my thoughts. You know, yeah. all of those things kind of fall away. Yes. Um, and I I would say it certainly deactivated my complex that I need to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great to know how to be perfect. And sometimes it's great not to be perfect. Absolutely. It's perfect not to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Probably for me, it's a lot easier to not be perfect. Don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually went through um, in, in the beginning of my journey. I actually, cause I have very strong perfectionist part myself. And um, I actually went through a process of practicing imperfection. Well, yeah. And, uh, and really inviting my imperfect part to come in and not be perfect. Right. And um, I, it was simple things sometimes instead of brushing my teeth for, you know, five minutes very thoroughly, you know, maybe I just brush my teeth for, you know, two minutes. Right. And do the best I could, you know, or, you know, maybe I, you know, wouldn't exactly match my earrings with my my sweater. And I'd actually maybe I'd actually be bold enough to wear one that didn't match. <laughs> you know? So um, to actually bring allow that part right, to come in and do it its way. And so now I have access to both. I have more access to both. So yeah. would you have access to like your imperfect, you know, the part that is less than perfect? Mm -hmm. um, how does it play out versus your perfect part? You know, like when you're, does it allow you to be more gentle with yourself, be more permissive with yourself? Uh, what, mm -hmm. what does it do for you? to become more aware of the imperfect part and giving it a voice. Yeah. So I think the, the um, <clears throat> maybe the where aware or wise adult part of me, you know, like for example, this, this conversation that we were going to have, it was a time in my life where I probably would have spent hours going through all the questions that I thought that you might ask me and thinking about all the answers and how I should express them. <laughs> Right. And if I didn't do it right, would have gotten very upset with me afterwards. Right. You know, yep. definitely would have had a word or 10 or 20 or 30 or 100 with me. Probably would have come into my dreams. Right. <laughs> so um, instead, you know, I'm really trusting the process. Right. And if I don't get it perfect, it's okay. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's, it's okay. 
I don't have to worry about it as much. And if I have a glass of wine afterwards, it's not going to be because I'm beating myself. It's going to be because, hey, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that conversation. Perfect or not. Very good. So when you were going through putting your perfect statements together, and, you know, it's been, I'm going to make an assumption here. It's been a while since you first did yeah, you know, like probably the early 2000-ish yes. time period. And um, how do you keep aligned with them? How do you recognize that it's time for a shift? Um, and what do you do about that? Yeah, there's not a lot I have to quote unquote do to keep aligned with it because it really is who I am, right? Um the alignment comes, for example, if I'm talking to somebody um, who might want to be a client, work with me, I am thinking about the transformation that I create and the way, the style that I have of doing it, right? And whether or not this would be appropriate for that particular person. And I want to be really, you know, help them to really get an idea of who I am and, you know, the kinds of things we're going to do. So I would align in deciding if I'm going to take on a project or or a person, right? Um, whether that's aligned with my purpose. I can always decide to do something that's to the left or to the right, but I'm going to be more conscious of it. And and if if I'm off purpose, it's just not going to feel as good to me or to the people that I'm working with. And I know that. So it tends to be kind of self-aligning. How do you know when um, it's it's shifting is it just doesn't feel as motivating. It doesn't feel as exciting. And people don't come um, the way they were before. Um, they just, right. yeah, right? right. Yeah. Kind of like so, they're, they're recognizing the energetic shift. Yeah. This isn't your, quote, strongest point. So yeah. To speak. Right. Yeah. So, so. Have, the, have think, you, go ahead. No, you could have I encountered. I was just going to say, I feel I feel like I'm going through a shift right now. Um, <clears throat> there's some things that I still feel that I love to do and um, that are aligned with the purpose that I have now. But there's it's like there's a new layer, um, a new aspect that's. Do you remember um, Star Trek when they had beam me down? And all the little, yep. ch -ch 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 -ch. okay. Yep. It's like that. It's almost like I can see the little pieces going, but they haven't come into form yet. But I, I know, I feel it when, when some of them are around me and I'm going, oh, I, I'm really interested in that. I'm really drawn to that. I want to know more about that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes. Right. Um, right, 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 those right. Are around me, so but it's coming into form. It's not yet into form. You're saying something here that for me, there are a lot of things that really spark my interest, mm -hmm. and you know, I get really excited about figuring out what they are, how does it work, you know, those kinds of things. But it turns out they're not something that I'm meant to pursue forever. Yeah, they're, just, they're like touch points, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you kind of see like, you know, some of the things um, that you've done, like, you know, special mini certifications that a multitude of them have been stepping stones to where you absolutely. are? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, if I'm making a, a good soup, right, I want to know how to use spices. I don't necessarily right. want a career of growing spices, but I want to know how to use the spices in my soup. Right. Good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a course I like to take. Yeah. <laughs> what, what might be good with this? Right. <laughs> so, um, are there some particular skills that you feel like you've acquired over the years that you've mentioned voice dialogue that you really like that, that really you just, it's like, they're really meaningful. You've found them to be incredibly effective. You know, you're excited about implementing them. Um, are there particular skill sets that you really, really, really like having in your toolbox? Hmm. I'm going to answer that. I don't feel like they're skills, although I know they are at some levels. <clears throat> I would say that's it's the ability to um, really be present and let my own stuff, you know, sit beside me or, you know, go have an ice cream. <laughs> right? And, and really like create a space to actually be with someone else and listen and feel and help them, help them to find to discover themselves. And I may, um, um, I may get some ideas and pass them by them, but I'm not attached to them. Right. Same way I do dream work. You know, when I'm doing dream work, you know, I'm listening to your dream and I'm there yeah. with you and I'll ask questions and I might say, well, gee, you know, if it was my dream, I'd be wondering, right. But it's your dream. Right. So it's really important to me that you get your meaning. So to be able to, to be present and not attached and really with someone and ask great questions, right. And help somebody to discover for themselves. Um, and, uh, and, and the other thing I'm really good with um, is really just starting to trust. It took me a while to start to really trust that I'm getting information. I might get images, right. Um and it's okay that I share them, but make sure that the person knows that this is just one idea, right? It doesn't have to be their idea. Right. right. That was one of the things in working with you and doing the dream work, you know, a couple of circles that I set in with you. I loved that. Now, if it were my dream, <laughs> and I'd be wondering about this, I thought that was always an interesting way to approach something. And it certainly... It certainly helped me in making certain that I wasn't um, forcing my interpretation upon them. Yeah. yeah. And that it was a it was to, a way to present a thought or a question for them to look at and take in for themselves as to whether that would be something in alignment with them or not. Exactly. And help people to trust their own instincts and feelings about that. And um, <clears throat> it's really important. And if it were my dream is, is, is actually, I didn't make that up or anything. That's, you know, that's a, that's a process one that I know Jeremy Taylor and some others have, have used. Um, the other thing is um, that there was a question when I learned dream work um, and oh, Delaney, Gail Delaney, she had this great question. She says, if I was an alien from another planet, 
what is a pumpkin? Right. So it really gets a person, you know, out of what they, you know, like, oh, what is a pumpkin? You know, and what's that all about? And what's its function? And, you know, like, you know, asking really curious questions because I can't assume that what I'm thinking about when I see a pumpkin is anything like what you're seeing right. or when it shows right. up in your dream or your purpose. I don't know what that means. So how can I help you to explore possibilities? So important. Um, I know that that's a technique that um, I use too. Is like, and I've actually said, pretend I'm an alien, and how would you explain what that means? Yeah, yeah. And this would be fun when people are kind of doing that. And it's like, you know, trying to go, you know, it seems like it could be a simple thing to explain. And then suddenly um, I find myself going, what? Yeah. Yeah. And, and all of this is good for relationships too, by the way, like, you know, you have a relationship with somebody and, and they say something, you know, you assume, we assume that we know what they mean, but we might be thinking about it differently than they do. And so, and it's very useful sometimes to say, Hey, hey, you know, when you say such and such, like, what does that mean to you? Like, you know, what are you thinking about? What are you associating with that? Um, you know, and it can end up opening up things that like, it's like, wow, I had, I never thought of it that way. I, I'm so glad I know that that's the way you're thinking about it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So imagine that the work that you're doing is helping to bring people to closer to their essence, closer to their reason for being here. If everybody were aligned with that, how would you see that changing the world? Well, it's so funny you should ask that. We we just um, <clears throat> we just did some visioning for the true purpose process about what it would be like to have heaven on earth, right? Right, and um, and the vision part of the vision that I had um, was it's like we all we all have our own flames. We can weave flames with other people, and there's a there's a, a a center flame or some kind of a eternal flame, you know, that is always there for us to resource from. So we always have everything we need, and we can have our individual expression. We can have community. We can have partnership, but we have our own essence, and we feel absolutely free, honored, respected, um, appreciated, welcomed for what we bring. So if people had that understanding about themselves, mm -hmm. how, how would you see that being a shift in the world you would think? Um, okay. How would I see it not being a shift? <laughs> Let me think about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so imagine yeah. everybody's walking around with you know that understanding about who they are yeah. how would the world be a better place so one of the things that comes to me is um, we'd be walking around with a sense of love and belonging and um and joy and appreciation instead of fear and competition um and um scarcity you know, and win-lose, right? Right. So, would so some would, call that, some would call that heaven on earth. Um, some would, you know, some would, some would call that heaven. Um, 
Some might even call it Earth. <laughs> Some might even call it Earth. Yeah. So, Bethany, uh, before we close this call today, if people wanted to get a hold of you, what would be the best way of doing that? Mm, the ideal way would actually be to send me an email. And yeah. You want to give them their email ad- your email address? So it's Beth Scanzani, B-E-T-H Scanzani, S-C-A-N-Z-A-N-I, Beth Scanzani at gmail.com. Right. And is there any other way that they could get a hold of you? Mm-hmm. Um, I do have I do have just a very basic um website website that's bethscanzani.com. And you could also reach me um, by uh, going and looking up the True Purpose Institute under coaches. Right. Um, So do you have any part of wisdom that you'd like to share with people? Yeah, you and I were um, talking about this at one point, BB. And I was reflecting on um, what's happened to me basically since before I left corporate, because there were a lot of things that happened that got me to leave corporate. It wasn't a plan. It wasn't a goal. It wasn't, you know, I'll do these five things and then I'll do these five things and then I'll do these five things. It's like the, you said the purpose works you, the vision works you, the imagination works you, the desire works you, the dream works you. And lots of synchronicities happened along the way. And I would get, hits, you know, instincts about what to do. And the best advice I can get, give you is when you get a yes, even if you don't know how, and you don't know why, say yes. Thank you, Beth, for saying that, because I did have that in my, someplace in my notes here to ask you about that, you know, but it came out of our conversation the other day. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, would like to thank you for your time and for your conversation. It's been fun for me. And, and me. Yeah. And so on that note, I'm going to close the call for today. <laughs>